Later. I am Chris Willis, and I am joined again tonight by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, I missed you guys last week. Appreciate again Brad filling in to uh, help me out with my schedule. I had a good time with Scott. Uh, but we've got some news this week. I mean, the Braves are six-time NL East champs, and uh, you know, I'll be honest. I think it's earlier than anybody was expecting, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, it was uh, it's pretty good to see them clinch in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. I saw a note that the Braves clinched the division before any other team clinched even a playoff spot, which is I, I didn't I didn't actually double check to see if that was true, but I saw it on Twitter, so it's got to be true. I mean, I don't I don't I've never read anything on there that wasn't true. So, uh, but yeah, it's been wild. The fact that they took three or four in Philly, you know, those games we're going to get into it here in a minute. We're going to talk about the games, but. Those games felt like marathons. I mean, every single one of them just it seemed like was a a slugfest and multiple extra inning games and all close games and multiple times Braves had leads and then gave up leads and yeah, it was wild. But yep, they clinched and as early as I can ever remember them clinching a division. I mean, this you know this many games left to go. I think seventeen, sixteen or seventeen games still to go, um, and they've they've already clinched so. Uh, yeah, it's it was wild. It's obviously a lot of fun. I, I stayed up and watched all the interviews and watched all the partying, and it was you know it's always a fun time, and I never, it never gets old. So it was it was it was really cool to see. It was fun to do it in Philadelphia. Uh, I think the Braves had a lot of fun with the fans in Philly. Uh, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of uh, interesting reactions. Uh, the fans in Philly really were not happy, and that just makes me all the more happy. So, um, but yeah, really cool to see. And obviously, that's just the first step. There's a there's a lot to go after this. Yeah, and I thought they took a business like approach to it. I mean, they've been there before, um, you know. And, and if you get that joke, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But uh, the uh, you know with them, uh, I mean, they they did celebrate it, and they should have celebrated it because it was a goal that they you know had from uh, the start of spring training. Uh, but like you said, there's there's plenty more work to do, and um, you know this team's in a lot different place than it has been uh, the last few years. I mean, I think they're consensus, you know, the number one team in baseball. They're the, you are correct. They are the only team that has clinched a spot in the postseason according to the standings I am looking at, which is surprising given how good Baltimore and Tampa Bay and some of those teams have been. They've got to be close uh, to clinching a spot, but. Um, you know, it was it was a pretty interesting uh, series in Philadelphia. The same, you know, kind of a measuring stick game. I know we kind of, I know Scott and I kind of downplayed it a little bit just because you didn't want you didn't want to overreact no matter what happened. But obviously, going in there and taking three out of four and clinching the division, you know, that's that was that was a huge step. You know, I didn't list it on the on our rundown here, but you know, it was it was crazy. The Braves have done a ton over the last week or two to try to give guys extra rest. You know, they've been churning in uh, Allen Winans, Darius Vines. We've seen Jared Schuster. We've seen all the – Dylan Dodd even. We've seen all these guys come up and down. And then they found found themselves in a little bit of a bind for that Monday double uh, doubleheader and uh, were forced to bring back Kyle Wright just basically because Spencer Strider got sick and they had to push him back to Wednesday. Everything worked out. That was a little earlier than I wanted to see Wright – um, I th- honestly thought he pitched pretty well, although the, I know the line was uh, the line was ugly at the end. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know he's still working his way back, and um, you know he's back at he was back in the majors after three just three rehab starts, and I think he had said, you know, he thought he was going to need four, and personally, just looking at his pitch count, I thought he might need five. 
honestly. So he's back on the active roster. Uh, we're going to talk about injuries and stuff later in the show. But what do you think about Kyle Wright getting pressed into duty in, in that doubleheader? Yeah, it, w- it wasn't my favorite thing. I mean, I, I, I understood why they had to do it. You know, I don't, I don't think it was terribly fair to, to ask him to get guys of that caliber out so early in his rehab. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it wasn't the plan, right? It was, it was a kind of an audible they had to call, um, after some guys got sick, they had kind of a flu bug go through the, the locker room a little bit and, you know, better now than at the end of the month. But, um, but yeah, so they had to call an audible. They had to get right up and I guess it's a good litmus test for him to see where he is exactly. You know, you get to face Harper and Turner and Schwarber and, you know, you don't see any of those guys in the minors. So, um, but you know, I thought he handled it pretty well. You know, he looked exactly like I thought he would look, which is rusty. You know, he didn't have much command. He, he, he didn't really know where any of his breaking stuff was going. Um, he just had to kind of gut it out. And again, I you know, it's probably not terribly fair to ask a guy to do so early in his rehab, but they didn't really have a choice. They had to kind of, you know, just kind of, uh, patch it together for, for the doubleheader and, and now, obviously, all the doubleheaders are over with. It's it's a much more normal schedule. They've already clinched, so you know they'll be able to to space it out a little better going forward. Yeah, just going back into this series, uh, the Braves won the first game of the doubleheader ten to eight. Lost the second game seven to five. Won again seven to six on Tuesday, and then four to one on Wednesday. Monday and uh, we and uh, let's see, Monday and Tuesday's game both the bullpen. Um, Rosel Iglesias blew a save. Basically, the Braves actually blew a six-one lead in that uh, game on Tuesday, where they were able to pull a, pull two games out in extra innings. You know, obviously that's big. Obviously, you don't want your bullpen blowing leads like that. But I thought it was interesting. You know, Iglesias is kind of Iglesias kind of struggled against the Phillies. He's got, a, but I think a lot of it's just noise in, in a lot of ways. He's got a three point zero zero ERA for his career against the Phillies, but it's five point two five in eleven games at Citizens Bank Park. And I, so I think a little bit of it's got to do with, um, you know, with the ballpark that he's playing in. But if you look at this, uh, you break this thing down. Bryce Harper, six for nine, four homers. He hit a game-tying home run in the doubleheader. Trey Turner, four for six with two homers. He hit a homer in that game Tuesday that tied the game. Alec Baum's three for five. Brandon Marsh, three for five. You know, some ugly numbers. And, I mean, the only reason I bring it up is just because, you know, there's a good possibility that these two games are going to match up in a five-game series in the NLDS. Yeah. I mean, the bullpen, you know, the bullpen struggled really as a whole. I mean, the whole the whole pen didn't have a great series. And, you know, it's a really tough place to play. It's a, uh, a, brutal, a brutal place to pitch. And especially if you have some bad history, which obviously you just laid out you know, Rossiel's got some, he's got some real bad history with a, with a bunch of these guys, Harper probably being the worst. And, um, you know, it's just one of those places where it seems like every mistake you throw ends up in the seats and, you know, Harper is, you know, red hot right now. He got a couple of pitches in the middle of the plate and he didn't miss either one. He put both in the seats and Turner did the same thing. And, you know, that's just, it's just such a brutal place to play. You just don't, you really get you know, you have zero room for error. You just, you have to be so fine and perfect. And, you know, the good news is your hitters get to, to hit in the same place. And, and a lot of times it's high scoring games, which is what we saw for the whole four game series. But yeah, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, I think it's like you said, it's more noise than anything. And the playoffs are such a different animal altogether that, you know, 
if you told me right now the Braves got a four to two lead going to the ninth inning against Philly in the play, in the playoffs and and Rossi Iglesias is on the mound, I'll take it. I'll take my chances from there. So um, yeah, I'm not that worried about it. But it's a brutal place to pitch, and that lineup is one of the best. And I don't care what their record is. I don't care what those guys' numbers are. That lineup is one of the best in the in the majors, and and they don't even have Reese Hoskins. I mean, he's been out for the year. So um, yeah, it's a it's a brutal place to pitch, and I'm thrilled that. You know, unless we meet them in the postseason, we're done with that place for for 2023. Yeah, and then on Wednesday, uh, Spencer Strider a good start from him. You know, he was he looked terrible at home in in the previous start. I mean, two and two thirds innings, but he was never com- comfortable bouncing that bouncing the breaking ball. You know, just couldn't locate the fastball. The velocity was a little bit down. And he kind of started shaky Wednesday, too. I mean, it's 30-plus um, pitches in the first inning. I can't remember exactly. It might have been like 34. and um, But ends up going seven innings, one run allowed. Uh, didn't allow a run after the first inning. Settled down. The fact that he was able to get to seven innings after, after throwing um, – 30 plus in the first inning and after being sick you know I just thought that was huge because that bullpen was gassed at that point and um you know the Braves were able to finish that one out uh that night with uh you know some pretty good performances and uh you know and, and the clincher um you know we also saw some pretty good uh, I thought pretty good uh outings from Brad Hand Kirby Yates Hand actually saved that game uh Tuesday in the 10th inning I think it surprised everybody had Phillies had two lefties coming up to to start the 10th and it was Brad Hand that came out instead of Pierce Johnson. Kirby Yates has seen a lot of um a lot of action too. He saw a lot of action in this series, a lot of high leverage action. So, you know, I think he's uh, firmly in the mix. So, it's going to be uh, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting. We're going to talk about this bullpen in depth as far as the postseason goes. Uh, but Brad Hand becomes much more important uh, now that Dylan Lee's back on the injured list and looks like he's done for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, the Braves the Braves got a, a – well, I'm not going to say fortunate. They, I mean, they obviously knew, but the Phillies didn't have any more bench pieces left and, and had to face – you know, they had to leave two lefties in there to face Hand, and that was kind of the difference in, in getting that win. And so it was – a couple of big spots he came in the next night or yeah the next night and and had a couple of big strikeouts struck out turner struck out uh, schwarber um so you know he's he was yeah he's been massive and like you said with dylan lee now kind of done for the year or we would assume I don't, I don't know if we've officially gotten word that he's done for the year but all signs point to the fact that he's done for the year so you know you got mentor and you got brad hand you know from the left side and um, you know, he's all of a sudden going to play a, a very big role. And like you said, we're going to talk about the bullpen in, in depth a little bit more. But, yeah, a couple of huge games. I was really impressed with Strider, quite honestly. I mean, he, he looked so bad in that first inning. He just couldn't locate anything. I thought the Phillies were doing a really good job of just battling. You know, Harper had like an eight-pitch at bat. Turner had like an eight-pitch at bat. Um, and he threw so many pitches. You're just like, man, if, if he gets you through five, then that'll be good. And he throws seven and gives up one run and – saves the bullpen you know it was it was just one of the bigger performances of the year honestly and you know I don't think he even had his best stuff but just gutted it through you know in a, a, as hitter friendly a park as there as there is and a tough lineup and yeah, I was really impressed and that was a huge game it was probably really big for his confidence especially you know with what happened last year in the postseason so um, yeah huge game and some unexpected bullpen pieces came in to to kind of finish off that series yeah now um off day on thursday they head to miami uh for three games 
Uh, these games obviously mean very little to the Braves at this point, although they are still trying to lock down home field advantage throughout the postseason. But they're they're huge for Miami, who is uh, now a game out of the final wild card spot. They've somehow been able to keep their heads above water after losing Sandy Alcantara and, and Jorge Soler to injury. Uh, I read today it looks like Alcantara's got a sprained UCL, so I'm going to be shocked if we see him again. Soler's got an oblique injury, and you know I haven't seen a timeline, a time frame for him, but you know I'd be shocked too. Those aren't something that you know you get over with quickly. But um, you know what do you? I mean, my expectations are Braves are going to start trying to rest some guys. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to do that this weekend, and then get everybody back in there because the Phillies are right back at Truist Park on Monday. Yeah, this is where it gets kind of awkward because you have so much time between when the playoffs start and now. And what makes it really awkward is by being the division winner, the Braves are going to get basically the week after the season ends, they're going to get that whole week off, right? So they're going to get a ton of rest between now or between when the season ends and when their first game starts. And so like how much rest do you really want to give your guys when you know you got a full week coming? You know, you don't want to be resting guys too much because then they get, you know, Austin Riley talked about this during the, the celebration, but you know, baseball is such a game of routine and such a game of, of habits that you got to be really careful breaking guys of those routines too much. And, you know, there's a, it's kind of the classic rest versus rust debate. And I'm, I've always been team rest, like get guys off their feet, get guys, you know, some, some time off, but I understand like not wanting to get guys out of rhythm. Like it's, it's a real thing that if you, if you sit too long, then, you come back and it's just not the same. And so, you know, I get it. And I, I'm, I am curious to see what they do. You know, the Braves have got some, some, uh, some records that they're going after both individually and team records that I think will keep a bunch of guys on the field, probably a little bit more than we would think, but it is going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I, if I had to guess, I would imagine they're going to give guys maybe one or two games off, but not more than that. I, I just, you know, the, the the Braves' whole mantra is kind of play it. We play every day. And even after they clinch, I, I, I don't see these guys taking, you know, two or three games a week off. I, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. So yeah, we'll see what they do. It's going to be interesting, but it, it is a, it is kind of a tricky thing to, to, to navigate when you clinch this early. It's not just an obvious one way or the other. Yeah. And I mean, I just feel like those Phillies games, they're going to treat those as normal. Uh, maybe not, maybe not completely with the pitching staff. We'll have to see what they do there, but I expect those position players to be in there against Phillies. Just like you said, just because, you know, the Phillies are still fighting for a playoff spot. The Braves are, you know, will potentially see them in the division series. And, you know, I don't think it's, um, you know, I think they'll, they'll go after them the same way they, you know, did this week, uh, honestly. So, It'll be interesting to see, and and I mean, with the twenty-eight man roster, you know, it isn't like it used to be. You don't have a whole bench full of uh, position players sitting over there. You know, some of these guys are going to have to play uh, just because you don't have enough guys. But I do expect Brian Snicker over the next couple of weeks to try to get some guys off their feet a little bit, even if that's just uh, the last three or four innings of a game or or whatever. The only other the only th- other thing I would say to that is. Brian Snicker is very old school and kind of the old school mentality has always been when you're playing teams that are still in the hunt, you know, you play your best players. Like it's, it's kind of a disservice to the other teams in the hunt. If you, if you kind of give up those games and and don't play your best guys. So I, I would guess that if the Braves do rest guys, 
they won't do it against Miami and Philadelphia. They'll do it against Washington because that's that's the team they play that's you know not in the hunt. I, I would not be shocked at all. Even after clinching, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Braves played their starters in this Miami series just because Miami's in the hunt and Philadelphia's in the hunt and Snit's kind of an old school guy and, and that's kind of the old school mentality. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that's a good point too. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, talk about a couple of uh, those records that Braves players are chasing. We didn't talk much about offensively about that series in Philadelphia, but you know a couple of these guys have just continued to motor on. Matt Olson, fifty-one home runs, has tied Andrew Jones' record for, and it was set back in two thousand five. Matt Olson's had an unbelievable season, and I know I told somebody this the other day that I think this is the quietest fifty homer season that I can ever remember in Major League Baseball, and I think part of that is because he's got a teammate that's just like. You know, it's just having one of the greatest seasons ever. But I don't think enough people paid attention to what Matt Olson's doing. And I mean, when you look, you know, I was looking even at the old school stats. I mean, he scored 116 runs. He's got 128 RBIs. And second place is at 108. He's got a 20 RBI lead over everybody. He's up to 6F war, a 161 weighted runs created plus. You know, if this was any other year, we'd be talking about Matt Olson as MVP. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're probably to the point where Matt Olson is almost certainly going to be in the top five of voting, probably the top four. I, I, I'm guessing the top four is going to be two Braves and two Dodgers, honestly, unless something crazy happens. But yeah, I mean, and it just it, like it keeps getting better and better. Like his his second half has just been absurd. It seems like he's homering every other day. I mean, he's got 51. He's got 16 games left to break the record. It's going to be fascinating to see where this record ends up. You know, every every one he hits after this is is a new record for the Braves. So um, it's been incredible. He's the nicest guy in the world. There was a really cool story about him uh, that came out a couple of days ago that people need to go read. But, you know, he's an amazing dude. He's a first-class teammate. You know, he's he, he came over this team in, in very unusual, awkward circumstances, having to replace what's probably going to be a Hall of Famer in Freddie Freeman. And, you know... He's just been nothing but all class about it and gone about his business. And even Alex talked about on the on the uh, broadcast last night during the celebration that, you know, even in their wildest dreams, they didn't see they didn't see this. They didn't see this level of 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 production coming from him. I mean, you know, when they traded for him, he was kind of a 140 WRC plus guy, kind of a 40 home run guy. You know, he's up to like 165 WRC plus this year. And obviously he's at 51 homers and, and he's not done yet. So, yeah, it's it's been incredible. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy people finally get to see how how great a player he is because, you know, he lived in Oakland for all those years and, and basically did it in anonymity and, and and he's being able to do it on a much bigger stage. So, yeah, super happy for him. It's been, an, it's been awesome to see. Yeah, and I mean and... – and as good as he's been, again, Ronald Acuna Jr. just continues to overshadow him. You know, Acuna, it's it's a funny thing over the last two weeks. I'll look, at, I'll pull Acuna's stats up, and I'll find something that I didn't even realize. You know, and 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 this week it was the how many hits he had. You know, just because, I mean, he it's just been amazing. Uh, you know, the way it goes, he's up to thirty seven home runs now. He broke Dale Murphy's uh, record, modern day record, uh, for runs scored. Uh, he's at one hundred thirty three now. 
Obviously, 66 stolen bases, just six behind Otis Nixon, record in 1991. 199 hits. The last Braves player to have 200 hits was Ender Enciarte uh, in 2017. Before that, it was Marquise Grissom. I mean, that's an accomplishment that, you know, nobody has talked about just because he's put together this, you know, this incredible run. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's really overshadowed um, what Matt Olson's doing because you've got a you've got the leadoff hitter putting up one of the greatest seasons of all time, it's, at least in a, a Braves uniform. So, um, yeah, it's been incredible, and I really hope he kind of rides it all the way to the end, finishes strong. You know, I know everybody's very concerned about the MVP race with Mookie, and it's going to go either way. But I, I I would hope that people could appreciate the season regardless of whether or not he wins the MVP. You know, if Mookie wins the MVP, it's going to be because Mookie won it. It's not be, it's not going to be because, you know, um, Ronald lost it. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be incredible to watch him in the postseason. He's he's healthy. He's, you know, either the second or third best player on the planet, depending on where you put Otani, where you put Mookie. So, um, yeah, it's been incredible to see, and, and hopefully he'll, he'll continue it as we go through October. He's, I'm sitting here looking, too. 77 walks, 78 strikeouts. I mean, he's going to strike out less than 100 times this season, and he's got a chance to finish with more walks. And I think the most impressive thing, I was looking at the uh, the advanced numbers today, a 424 WOBA, 464 expected WOBA. He's underperformed his metrics, which is unbelievable when you look at this season that he has had with the numbers he has put up to think that he's not just un, uh, you know underperforming he's done it by a, a pretty wide margin i mean 40 points of uh, of expected woba there so you know imagine you know imagine five more homers here and you know maybe five or six more hits on these totals and and think about where you know where he would be at at that point yeah he leads the i've tweeted this a couple of times but he leads the league in barreled outs which are obviously barrels are are optimized batted balls for exit velocity and, and launch angle and those balls are the ones that go for homers and and nobody has hit more barreled outs in baseball than Ronald Acuna Jr. this year so like you said I mean he is amazing as it's been it, it could easily be 10 percent 15 20 percent better if he just had a little better luck on those but yeah I mean it's you know the strikeouts like you said cutting your strikeout rate by 10 percent you know everybody freaks out about the ground ball rate but you know when you cut your strikeout rate in half then your ground ball rate doesn't matter as much because you're just putting so more so many more balls into play. Like this year, he's on pace to hit more fly balls and line drives than he ever has, even with an increased ground ball rate because he's just putting so many more balls into play. And that's kind of the part people miss. And, you know, when you do that, when you cut your strikeout rate in half like that, it's just so many more things open up to you. And, and you know, it's been incredible to watch and like I said, I just I, I don't I, I don't care about the MVP as much as a lot of people do. I just want him to stay healthy and be able to go through a full October and, and, and see if this team can go on a run kind of led by him and Matt. As far as the MVP goes, you know, I think Ronald's the MVP. I mean, I've watched him every day, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that's watch Mookie Betts every day that think the same thing, and you can't take anything away from Betts' season. But if Ronald's if Ronald's 40-60 or 40-70, you know, I just don't see how anybody else wins it. You know, not especially when he's over 200 hits and playing for the best team in the majors. You know, you'll probably be – by the time he gets there, he's probably going to be well over 140 runs scored. You know, I mean, like you said, we said a couple of weeks ago, I think even, you know, there probably isn't a wrong answer. 
but you know, I mean, you're just nobody's had a season like this before. You know, when you look at power speed combination, uh, and he's doing it not for a last place team, he's doing it for a first place team, not only the first place team, but the best team in baseball. Uh, so you know, I, I think I think Ronald's got to win it, uh, but we'll you know we'll just have to see how it, how it turns out there. And he he's got an outside shot at the. Uh, it's not a great chance, but he's got an outside shot at the batting title because Luis Arias is is kind of come back down to earth. He's he's now in the three forties, and Acuna's at three thirty five. So Acuna's only fourteen points away, and <clears throat> we'll see. You know, Freddie's going to have a say in that as well, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that, that he could win a batting title along with all the other records he's going to break. Yeah, it would be fun to watch him play against Miami down because he he loves playing the Marlins, and he I think he likes playing down there too. So, you know, we'll just have to see how that goes. But, I mean, you talk about Olsen and, and Acuna, and, I mean, people like uh, Austin Riley have had an amazing season on their own, yet they're dwarfed. You know, by these two, the two perform the performances by these two guys. I mean, Ozzy Albies needs one more homer for a thirty, uh, another thirty homer season, and you know it just feels like uh, that's just kind of filler in this lineup, just because of uh, how of of the way Acuna and uh, Olson have played, especially in the second half. Well, Ozuna has a one thirty WRC plus. I mean, you talk, you want to talk about, you know, I mean, just coming out from basically the dead and and. And coming back to life as a major league hitter, like you said, Riley, Michael Harris is. I noticed this weekend, or yeah, this series against Philly, that Michael Harris is almost got his batting average up to three hundred, which is crazy when you consider where he started the year and how bad of a slump he was in. And you know, Orlando Arcia and Eddie Rosario and Sean Murphy, and I mean, you know, just incredible depth. And and the two main guys have been so good that yeah, it's easy to forget about these other guys, but they they've just been incredible top to bottom. One through, you know, you could even go 10 or 11 if you want to add Pilar and the backup catchers, of course. And, you know, it's just been incredible to watch. No doubt. All right. Um, let's take another break and then let's come back, come back and talk about this, uh, uh, what this pitching staff might look like in the postseason. You know, I've been teasing it now for about, I don't know, about a month. But, you know, we've always thought that the, how this postseason roster comes together was going to be fascinating. Uh, at the time, we were started talking about it. They had so many guys on the injured list, and, uh, you know, we thought we were going to be coming back, and there was going to be a 40-man roster crunch. And, and you know, some things have happened now, and it, it looks like it might be – you know, in question, obviously the biggest thing was Dylan Lee, um, who came back from a shoulder injury, but it's back on the injured list. Uh, Jesse Chavez started a, um, a rehab assignment with Gunnett. Uh, Nick Anderson is throwing at the Braves complex in Florida. He's, uh, Brian Snicker said during the last homestand that he was facing hitters, but he hasn't went gone out on a, a rehab assignment. So, you know, there was no indication when that might happen. But during this road trip, I think it was I think it was Bowman. Um, they had a quote from Snicker that pretty much said Chavez, Anderson, and Lee weren't going to be depth options for the postseason. Now that 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 statement caught me off guard just a little bit because my question would be: If I'm Jesse Chavez and I'm down at Gwinnett rehabbing, how do you how do you what do you mean I'm not a, an option? You know, at this point, you know, and I also remember 2021 World Series. Tucker Davidson missed a, almost a whole season and ended up pitching in the World Series. So I don't think anybody's completely out of out of um, the realm of possibility. Yeah, they might be a stretch for the division series, but then again, you know, with Chavez, he's a reliever. 
you know, how much time does he really, if he's healthy and he's back throwing off the mound, how much time does he really need, you know, to get ready to get uh, built back up? So, you know, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be interested to see if that comment uh, holds, you know, over the last two weeks of the season. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it, as it is, you and I are about to uh, try to predict this uh, postseason uh, pitching staff, and we're gonna anybody that's on the injured list, we're gonna disregard because at this point, we just don't know if they're gonna be back or not. Yeah, I mean, it's always you know, Chavez has been out for so long, and it seemed like every every couple of weeks we learned something new about the injury that it was more severe than we thought. And, you know, it, it, he took, it took him forever just to get where he could walk normally, much less pitch. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not really, I'm not ready to ride anybody off just yet. Uh, these guys are going to continue to throw their relievers. So, you know, the runway they need to get going is, is much shorter uh, when you're only, you're only asked to get three outs at a time. So um, we'll see, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very skeptical that they're just done you know, I can see with Lee being done just because he's out with injury, but with with Anderson and Chavez both actively pitching in the minors, you know, as good as both those guys were for the Braves in the first half, I I I would be stunned if they were just, you know, not even considering them at all as options. I think I think Snit was probably trying to, you know, manage expectations there. But I'm with you. I I I fully believe both those guys are still in the mix for a spot, if not in the DS. Than at least in the CS or the World Series. Yeah, and I mean, if you're we're talking about the LCS, I mean, we're talking about what a month, uh, a little over a month. I mean, that's plenty of time, you know, if they're already throwing as, as long as they're healthy. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Uh, but doing this exercise, I think this is something you and I have talked about off uh, off the show in Slack a lot. Is just how many pitchers will they carry for the DS? I know I was wrong about this last year, and I meant to look up today to see exactly how many they did carry. But you know, I was on the camp with the DH. You know, last year I was I was in the camp of just carry thirteen pitchers. That way, you know you've got enough. Uh, but I think they only carried twelve, and they may have only carried eleven. I I, mean, I should have looked that up, so I apologize about that. But I know they did not carry thirteen. That that I, I am sure of. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just looking at this whole situation uh, right now, I mean, uh, you know, who do you uh, – I mean, how many how many pitchers do you would you carry, you know, if you went into the division series against the Phillies or the Cubs? So it all comes down to how many starters you want, right? So we've looked at the schedule. There's going to be uh, multiple off days, and it looks like if you want to stretch it, you can you can use three starters. Now I believe that if you use three starters, then you're then one of the guys has to come back on one day uh, less rest than normal. So like whoever your game five starter is would not be back on regular rest; he would be back on one day early. And I think that's right. So if that's the case, then I'm not. I would not be shocked at all if the Braves carried four starters, even in the DS with the extra off days. And if you carry four starters. Then you know a twelve-man rotation or a twelve-man pitching staff probably makes a little more sense. Um, you still want to have your full kind of you know arsenal of eight relievers, but we have seen. I mean, I, I've you know I've tracked this stuff over the years. I mean, there's several. I mean, when the Braves played Milwaukee in in 2021 in the DS, Milwaukee had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, and they only carried eleven pitchers for the whole for the whole series. So you know, I, it would not surprise me at all. To see, you know, and obviously in 11, 
Um, I believe, you know, in 2000 or 2021, I, th- I might have said 11, of course I meant 2021. Um, but yeah, I would, if it was me, if I, if it was my call, I would, I would probably carry 12. I would probably carry four starters and eight relievers and sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was looking at the schedule and I'm, I'm doing this in my head. I don't think there's an extra off day in the NLDS this year uh, between game one and two. So right. it looks like you can get through with th- just three starters on um, on regular rest. So that last guy does not come back. He comes back on regular rest for game five? Let's just say if you game two starter pitches on October 9th, game five is not until October 14th. So, okay. So, um, okay. you know, it, it's because there's that extra off day. But again, so you could you could get by with three starters, okay? Yeah. So, but that's only for the the DS. But I don't think it cha- matters because I think the Braves are going to carry four starters regardless, and you just may end up seeing one of them in the bullpen, you yeah. know, piggybacking as a long reliever. And I think when we get into this exercise here in just a second, you know, obviously I think you're going to see you're going to see that we could see maybe a fifth starter uh, just pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, or, or you know, at least having that option. So, all right, but let's just uh, right, let's let's get through the obvious ones first. I mean, obviously, Max Freed, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton look like locks yep. to me. Uh, if you agree with that, and then we've got Bryce Elder. How do you feel about that? Do you agree with me? I think I, I just feel like with the, what we've got in the bullpen right now, I think Elder's got to be in there. If they carry four starters, then Elder is a lock. Right, Wright's not going to be ready to, to to supplant Elder. So if they carry four starters, then Bryce Elder is a hundred percent on the roster. Okay, now let's start at the back of the bullpen. Obviously, Iglesias is going to be there. Uh, Minner's going to be there. Pierce Pierce Johnson, Johnson Jimenez, Brad Hand. Yeah, Hand's got to be there too. Kirby Yates, Hand Kirby Yates. Uh, let's see. We're at nine pitchers now. Just uh, through this, uh, probably probably Tonkin. I would put Tonkin on there. Yeah, I would say Tonkin is on there. So that's ten. How many is that? That's ten. That's ten. So this is where this is kind of where it gets interesting. All right, your other options that are healthy now, currently, Ben Heller, um, Jackson Stevens. I don't think either one of those. So now I'm looking at. Do you want a third lefty? Can Jared Schuster sneak in this thing? Do you want, or you know, do you go Kyle Wright and then one of AJ Smith, Shaver, uh, Darius Vines, Alan Winans? You know, you could bring any of those guys that are, you know, would be multiple, multiple inning, you know, options in theory. Uh, but with the injuries they've got, you know, to obviously to Chavez and Anderson, I think you know. Things are, um, you know, things are opening up now. Where you're gonna might, you're probably gonna see a few more of these starters than what we really thought. Yeah, I think right. I think, I think after Tonkin, I think I would go Kyle Wright. I think the, I think he'd be in the bullpen if he, if he's healthy. If he's if he progresses at the same rate that he has up till this point. If he doesn't have any setbacks, if he looks strong, if he seems healthy, if he feels good, then I think Kyle Wright is among your. 12 best pitchers on the in the organization right so like if we're just counting if we're just ranking pitchers not necessarily really for starters just pitchers i think kyle wright's in the top 12 even even missing most of the year so i think i would put him on that list and then you're probably right 
probably one more lefty since it's only um, Minter in hand out of the bullpen. I don't know who I would choose. I mean, really, I the can't... only two choices are Schuster and Dodd. Uh, from what yeah. I from, and this is just going on the forty man roster. I mean, we've seen them get crazy before, you know, and and add people to the forty man at the end. All the uh, all these guys had to do was be in the organization by the, I think it was um, August thirty first deadline. So I mean, they can go off the script. I'm just I just looked straight at the forty uh, man roster today though when I was setting this document up. Yeah, that last spot. I mean, I don't love Dodd or Schuster on the no. playoff roster. I think I mean I think those are kind of you know, just a, a breaking case of emergency guys. Um, yeah. I mean, if it was, if I'm going with 12 off this list right here, I'm probably going with wine and vines in that yeah. last spot. But I do wonder, I mean, let's look at the other spot. If you go only go 11, you know, I didn't, I didn't list out the position players, but you have to start hunting. You have to kind of hunt for that last position players. I mean, I don't know that you would carry Lucas Williams uh, on the postseason roster. Uh, you know, could I mean Von Grissom was on the injured list the last time I checked. I haven't checked to see if he's back yet, but you know, would you carry an extra bat? But these are the kind of decisions they're gonna have to make, you know, as we get down in this and um, you know, what looked like a crowded bullpen problem has kinda sorted itself out now to where they really kinda need Jesse Chavez or somebody to get back and give them another option. Yeah, I think you could definitely see Vines or or uh, Winans, um, just because both those guys throw changeups, and you know if you're trying to get somebody who can get lefties out, you know if if you can't find another lefty to do it, the next best thing is a righty that that throws a really good changeup because that's kind of the weapon that you use against opposite-handed hitters. So I could see one of those guys. I would love if like Nick Anderson just came back. I mean, that would just make things a lot easier. Um, so you have multiple guys that are just good for righties and lefties. You know, it's very hard to have. That's the only thing about having, you know, even a guy like Brad Hand is is every team in the postseason is going to have so many bench bats that even if you bring in a guy for a lefty, unless it's like Bryce Harper, then a lot of times that guy's getting subbed out anyways for a righty. So, you know, you're better off having – Instead of having, you know, maybe that's their thinking is instead of having three lefties, they just load up on righties or, or guys that can pitch to both and and don't even try to match up because it's so hard to match up in the in the postseason anyways because everybody's got usually one extra bench player that they can they can pinch it with. So yeah, that last spot's going to be interesting and how many they carry ultimately is going to be interesting. And a lot of it's going to I think you and I talked about this, but a lot of it's going to come down to Kyle Wright and how how good he feels um, because if he can't go then that's even that's another spot that you got to fill. Right. So it, it gets even it gets even more interesting after that. Yeah, and I th- I think this is something obviously um, probably if not next week the week definitely the week after that we're gonna have to we'll have to kind of look at and see where you know where, how this thing how this picture's changed uh, because it no doubt probably will you know between now and the end of the season hopefully it's uh, getting guys back and not losing anybody but you know it's gonna always I always love when the postseason roster comes out because, you know, I just remember, I think it was, I think it was 2020, you know, the Braves just brought all these guys back uh, from Gwinnett that you wasn't expecting, Johan Camargo. And, uh, and, you know, you really had to look <laughs> to see, you know, wow, you know, they brought all these guys back and they left Ender, you know, Ender and Ciarte off. Uh, I mean, uh, so, you know, it, there's still a lot of questions to be answered as far as this goes, but I thought that was fun. That was a fun look because once you actually start putting it down on paper, 
there's not as many options there as you thought, you know. And, I mean, if you'd have told me a month ago that uh, the Braves might actually uh, carry uh, five or six people that we consider starters, you know, I'd have told you you were crazy, <laughs> you know. So, uh, be interesting. Be interesting to look. The the injuries to Lee and the kind of lingering injuries of, of Chavez and, and Anderson have opened this. You know, if all three of those guys were back healthy, then – you know, we would be in the scenario we talked about where you have too many good bullpen arms, but you know, all three of those guys being out, it, it obviously you know you lose three guys like that. It, it it changes the equation awfully quick. So yeah, it's it is going to be fascinating, and I I wouldn't be stunned honestly if a lot of it came down to how guys look. I mean, if Jackson Stevens comes out in the next three weeks and looks great and has five or six outings, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we've seen crazier things. Yeah. I mean. You know, if 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 Hurston Waldrop goes to Double A and just destroys Double A over the next three weeks, or I don't know, Double A's Double A season might be over pretty soon, so maybe not that. But you know, there's always a chance that somebody we're not even talking about ends up pitching some meaningful innings, just like we saw in 2021, like you were talking about earlier. So, yeah, uh, a lot can happen between now and when the when when the rosters get announced. Yeah, and I mean the Lee injury is critical because I mean, you know, if he's available. Then you know he he goes in there and Wright is the twelfth guy, Wright or somebody else is the twelfth guy, and it looks you know it looks completely different because you got three lefties, uh, that's probably enough to handle things. So you know that's a significant injury, and then at the same time, uh, Brad Ham's performance this week I thought was very significant too, because he's going to play a much bigger role now in the postseason. You know as far as uh, as far as things go, you got anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No, it's been a really fun season. I mean, it's been so much fun. I can't believe how how awesome this season has gone. And I'm just incredibly grateful for all the people that have followed along all year, both on Twitter and and through the site. And it's just been a really fun year. And obviously, we're just, in some respects, we're just getting going. Like, you know, the the real, you know, magic starts now um, once we get to October. So, but yeah, just extremely grateful for everybody that's, that's followed along all year. Come check out the site. Come check out the podcast network. We've got a bunch of shows. We've got pretty much everybody back in their normal slots now, so you'll kind of get the normal, the flow of things. And then, obviously, we're about to get into to postseason stuff. I don't know exactly how we're going to do the schedule yet, but we will have content every day of some sort. And um, yeah, I just I'm I'm very grateful for all the people that have have followed along all year. 